0: And welcome to the November DCM podcast. I'll be honest, I've left it a bit late in November. We're recording this on the twenty-eighth of November, and that's because our DCM upfronts took place on the twenty eighth of November. And I really wanted to get one of the guys we had speaking at the event on the podcast. His name is Miles Carter, and he joins me today. Hello, Miles. Hello there. Miles is Uh, writer at the advertising agency Adam and Eve, DDB. They're one of the biggest creative agencies in the UK. And I recently read they are branching out to New York. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, they've hit stateside. Which well, is pretty th- huge for a one UK of the, startup
0: like that. One of the biggest creative agencies in the transatlantic zone. <laughs> um, Miles is responsible for some of the most uh, impactful and memorable creatives that we've seen on screen in the last few years, including the John Lewis, uh, Ma- Ma- the man on is it the man on the moon or man in the moon. Cause man on the moon. I thought man it was on. the man on the moon. Yeah. Uh, he also worked on some of the orange gold spot ads, including the one for the inspe- Expendables, which included j from the in yeah, and he's done a very funny creative a few years ago for Mulberry called Hashtag Win Christmas. If you haven't seen it, it's on his website, which is?
1: Oh, it's uh, sophieandmilo.com,
0: I believe. sophieandmilo.com. Hello, Miles. Hi. Uh, you've just got back from working in Chile. Yeah. What were you doing in Chile?
1: <laughs> that was, uh, that was filming, a, filming a global campaign, which is one of those. Uh, it's one of those moments you feel very lucky to have this job. So after nine months of sort of script amending and research that you do get to go out and film in some great locations. It was a very good shoot, amazing director, a guy called Tom Tagholm, who was just absolutely brilliant. Yeah, very, very good shoot. And if you've ever had the chance to go to Santiago, that's a pretty wonderful city.
0: So I mentioned in the intro that you've worked on some incredibly successful campaigns and most memorably last year's John Lewis Christmas ad, The Man on the Moon. What is it about your work that makes it stand out?
1: Oh, God, I think I'm probably the the last person that should be answering that. I, <laughs> um, I think the thing that's kind of... The biggest difference that's happened personally that's made a difference for the work I've made has been uh, finding my new partner, a girl called Sophie Knox. And it's just the fact that we've been able to work together and I think we get on so well that we can just be a lot more honest and open with each other when writing and creating work. And that means what we're writing is based on i think more honest emotions the man on the moon came from us both uh, discussing what you know what is the most powerful emotion we've been feeling at christmas recently and for both of us it was a situation involving our, our granddads and it was just us being able to be open and honest with each other and talk about that that led to the man on the moon and it's it's been the same on all all the other projects is just we're allowed to talk honestly and openly and get on and so we get to a sort of a more truthful place a kind of bit different like if you're having a chat in a pub with a mate compared to a boardroom the chat in the pub is probably going to be more honest and truthful than a boardroom meeting and so basing it on that i think i think so that's possibly it yeah
0: you mentioned that you work with a creative partner Sophie. Yes. how yeah. does that relationship work ah very well
1: <laughs> i'm glad to say uh she is uh a fantastic artist much much better at art than i am and i am much more of a wordsmith than she is irritatingly though she does also write very good scripts for anyone listening if you were to just to pick one of us go for her she's, <laughs> she's far more she's uh, the rounded well. package. yeah exactly <laughs> um but we do we do just chat about things i think sort of it's like i said with uh you know john lewis it came from us just chatting and us realizing we both got quite emotional thinking about our granddads uh and it's the same with the sort of the mulberry and the arrogance of win christmas we both just started chatting about how would it feel to give a gift and if you're honest you would feel pretty bloody smug so just kind of base it on that and so that's how we always talk about it or we'll sort of that's always we talk about it. we just chat we just chat and chat and chat and things that resonate between
0: both of us that tends to be a good sign What's your creative process like? Can you talk me through f- what your initial steps are from when you first receive a brief? Sure, yeah. I mean, it does, it does sort
1: of vary. I mean, quite often it's sort of like just sort of what day you're having. Like if you're having a tough day, you can justify anything. Like, oh, I think we need to do this over a pint. But so that, Surely that'd be most days. <laughs> <laughs> it, can be, it can be tempting. But our creative process is, I think, the key to it is just respecting each other. That's the key to it. So whether or whether or not we just kind of both say, do you know what, I'd rather just have an hour with the headphones on, listening to some music, just brainstorming on my own, or you start with a chat. When As long as whenever you get to that moment of talking to each other, going, oh, well, I was just thinking this or I was just thinking that, that you have that respect that you can just say, no, I don't agree. I mean, I think that's possibly the most important part of the creative process is being able to tell your partner you think their idea is rubbish. If you can't do that, And they can't do that to you. You're going to end up presenting every idea you had because you can't agree to kill anything. And then the creative director is not going to spot the gem in amongst them because there's been too much work. You're going to spend longer putting it all together. And so I think, yeah, the biggest part of our creative process is knowing what ideas to get rid of and knowing which ones we can focus on or should focus on, really. Which I've never really thought about until saying that out loud quite then. But that, yeah, I think it's... being able to get rid of the uh, the things that don't deserve to be there.
0: I know you brutally honest with each other. You have
1: to be. You really, really have to be. I mean, you don't have to be rude about it. You don't just you, don't, you know just slam down your glass and go that's rubbish. But if you if you don't like it, you have to say something. Otherwise, you might find yourself working on it for six months. If the boss likes it and you're the only one that did, not you're stuck with it. So, yeah, I mean, for any creative teams listening, I, I mean, yeah, bloody hell, be honest.
0: Now, I should actually point out that if it is a little bit echoing here, we're recording this in the main theatre at BAFTA. We've just completed the DCM up front. Yes. Uh, Mars's, uh presentation went down a storm. And in your presentation, you s- it was entitled storytelling. Yeah. And obviously storytelling is a, a big part of your creative work. What are the challenges it, with telling a, f- a good coherent story in 60 or 90 seconds?
1: Uh, I think it's the, it's the obvious ones, really. It's trying to get the sort of the emotional depth and to get emotional depth and to get emotion from people you've got to you've got to understand and relate to the characters and so trying to sort of set up a scenario and two sets of characters and some sort of narrative between them in that time is very difficult i think it's i think it's a good thing to try and do it within that time i've kind of i'm quite pleased that uh, for the first year in a couple of years i'm actually out outside of the christmas advertising race and can kind of look at it look upon it more objectively but things are starting to get to sort of two and a half minutes three minutes now and i think that's for me that is starting to become a little bit indulgent i can definitely understand why you would because the challenge is i just mentioned that you kind of brought up of trying to tell a story that with that, that depth and that emotion within two minutes is it's not easy and you would, you would always like more, but I think the main thing, and this was sort of another one of my points on the, uh, my talk was that you do have to remember you're making an advert. You, it might start getting into sort of film budgets and sort of film levels of production now, but at the end of the day, it's just an advert and the consumers know that. And I think quite often the creatives, we we're the ones that forget that. <laughs> and so, Trying to find, trying to create that amount of mo- emotion within that time, and being strict on yourself to stick within that time, so you're not. I don't know, just not asking too much of people. I think asking people to kind of you know, just sit down here and here's a five minute thing about why you should buy something from us instead this year just feels a little greedy to me. So I think it's just it's
0: it's keeping that time limit for yourself as well as for the audience. And a lot of your work is comic or very comedic i mean the mm-hmm. the mulberry ad we just saw it in front in a theater packed with 200 people and it gets a big laugh do you uh often set out to make people laugh is that how you feel like you engage audiences
1: uh i it's how it's very often how sophie and i set out i mean just because like i said earlier because we're so honest with each other i think quite a, a healthy process for most creatives is uh and sorry if I can't say this word on the the podcast, but take the piss out of the brief. You can say whatever word you want. Excellent. Um, taking the piss out of the brief really, really helps because you can just sort of you very quickly understand what what amongst it is just nonsense that make to make it look like an official document, and what amongst it is actually the, you know the kernel of truth. And I think it's quite because that's quite a natural process for Sophie and I. That obviously naturally leads into quite funny work or funny ideas of. Just by us kind of having a bit of fun, go oh that'd be really funny, and then a very a very silly idea, and you start thinking about wow if we wrote that seriously, and actually put some money in production, that could be a really that could be a really interesting film. I think that's what's kind of good about advertising is that really silly ideas get a lot more time and merit and money than they probably deserve. But um, I don't think it matters what you set out to do as long as it is setting out to move an emotion of some sort i think comedy is always a very welcome one who doesn't like a bit of comedy but i think i mean if anything sophie and i try and try and stick away from that as as much as possible simply because it's quite often the first thing you think of and there, there are more powerful emotions out there but saying that you look at sort of the biggest winners of last year of so jeff Goldblum with curry's that sort, of, that sort of bucked the trend with the comedy angle and so you know you can't you can't sniff at the power of comedy either
0: and um, I touched on the orange gold spot ad featuring the expendables <laughs> yes obviously that sits in the gold spot in all cinemas almost all cinemas or it did sit in the gold spot in almost mm. all cinemas knowing that that ad was going to be on the big screen in the most impactful spot I would think the most impactful spot in advertising did that change your approach to it oh
1: hugely um how you approach cinema compared to tv i think has to be different and it's not only that you sort of have a more attentive audience with you know emotions that are much more up for grabs than say sort of uh, tv or online you can also you can also write to a bigger crowd and i think for a writer that's a really that's a good thing it means you can you can sort of make sort of simpler larger points and kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier the difficulties of trying to create emotion within this time frame cinema does actually really help with that because you can be sort of bigger and simpler and more pointed you don't have to go into as much depth people will buy into your story and the story you're trying to tell I think I think just I think a lot easier they fight it's a lot less effort and so that doesn't mean you, you don't have to be as clever with the writing but it means you can possibly you're people will be more willing to go on the journey with you. And so I think you can take slightly larger leaps and hopefully find it a little bit simpler to make those sort of, you know, tell those emotional stories.
0: Uh, so, what's it like when you see your work up on the big screen? Oh, it's bloody great.
1: <laughs> There's no two ways about it. It's you know, it's it's in a very it's the media version of sort of like rubbing shoulders with <laughs> famous people. So going to, it's going to a restaurant and going, holy God, who's that sat over there? But it's just that with something you've written. And, you know, you just know Star Wars is coming up afterwards. So, I mean, selfishly, it feels really good. I, and I've been to the cinema with my parents and one of something I've written was in there. And that was just a nice moment. You know, you could kind of see them just sort of... They they wanted to talk to the other people in the audience and go, my son wrote the ad, but <laughs> thank God they bloody they held back because i don't think it'd be as impressive for anyone else but yeah i mean selfishly it just feels great and also it's much more satisfying i think when you're kind of you can get so deep and involved into a tv production and then you see it on the tv while you you know your mates are making a cuppa and everything and it kind of it can feel a bit underwhelming seeing it you know with the the huge sound and the huge picture it def it definitely gets gets you more excited and you you do just feel more proud and you kind of understand the power and the fun of this job a lot more I think
0: which of the campaigns that you've worked on are you most proud of
1: it's a
0: slightly weird answer to this one
1: I feel like I I feel like I should say John Lewis which it's still sort of the the toughest and biggest thing I've worked on and it raised over a million pounds for age UK other all age related charities, not even Age UK, has reported their highest number of donations and volunteers that they've ever had, which is obviously. I mean, you, it's hard not to be proud of that on some level. But I think the campaign I'm most proud about, just because I think it's so different to everything else that was out there, it's not something I haven't actually didn't actually mention in my talk or uh much at all, which was uh, for Waitrose earlier this year. I don't know if uh, people would have how many people would have seen it I think it did quite well which was where we attached a uh, GoPro to a dairy cow and just let it film <laughs> uh, we put one in, the, uh, uh, in with the hens or on the side of Icelandic, uh, Icelandic uh, fishing trawler and it was just it was Waitrose's response to you know all the scandals that have been happening in the supermarkets recently you know all the horse meat and people not really knowing where uh, their food was coming from and so our response to that uh, was to just let's be let's just be completely completely honest. And I think it's it's when you saw it is this point of why it feels so great to see your work in cinema when you see it in amongst the real world. It's that moment of pride, and I I just absolutely loved in a, in amongst all the shouty sort of TV commercials, there was this thirty seconds of near silence, of just a cow just chewing the cud, and then I just I loved how relaxing. And you know we broadcast li- uh, farms live to train stations and so not only did you think it answered the brief in a really charming way it actually kind of had this slightly therapeutic angle to it where it was just very relaxing and calming and i'm a country boy so i got to go and spend like a few few weeks just going around the farms in the south of england which was yeah it was very nice you can imagine bbc4
0: programming an evening of that yeah
1: exactly i think it kind of it it was part of a slow uh, there's a slow tv moment movement started you know there's uh, like Norwegian TV I think do a thing where they uh they just broadcast 4 hours of uh, from the front of a train going through the countryside and it was it was kind of from that that we kind of
0: the, the had w- the thought didn't BBC4 <coughs> do a, a, a 2 hour trip down the uh, the Regents Canal or something yes, like the Grand yeah. Union Canal or something like yeah, that Yeah
1: exactly so it's sort of I think I think we made it just in the just early enough that I can say that we weren't sort of T- copying too much and more sort of hopefully part of the initial moment, but I mean, yeah. If anyone's from BBC Four is listening, then a Waitrose <laughs> partnership, I think that's Waitrose and BBC Four. That's a pretty that's a match made in heaven, yeah. isn't it?
0: And it, and I've I've seen the ad as well, and it it is only thirty seconds, but it is incredibly relaxing just watching this cow eat grass. And all it it's is so is weird. It it's the it? cow's chin as well, isn't it? Yeah. yeah,
1: it's below his mouth, and there's just sort of little bits of grass. The cows have falling. chins. I'm guessing it's a chin. I think so. I, I'll ask her. I'll ask David the Farmer next time I'm out there. But, um, yeah, it's a very weird thing for me to say, because especially as a writer, the script was we open on a cow. (laughs) It eats grass cut to end frame. So it's probably the easiest script I've ever written. But I'm I'm really glad you kind of noticed the fact that I had that sort of that calming aspect. I just, yeah. And I'd the chickens, the
0: chi- oh, and the chickens one, one of the chickens comes right up to the camera, doesn't it? Yeah,
1: they are so inquisitive. I I had a newfound respect for chickens after filming it. They're really they're really fun to be around. It, uh, there's a photo of me just kind of I just had to stop to check my uh, phone for emails for about a minute. And I look back up and I must have had a hundred chickens surrounding <laughs> me, just all
0: pecking. They just flocked you. So um in terms of campaigns you haven't worked on Ooh. What recent campaign would you most like to have worked on? That's very, very tricky.
1: That's because I don't want to, don't want to seem like I'm either sort of bigging up my own, my own agency too much. <laughs> but I mean, the ones that kind of stand out over the last few years are sort of. I'm sorry, I spent it on myself. For Harvey Nichols, that was just unbelievably good. Unbelievably good. I think a lot of the um, sort of the Christmas stuff coming out this year was brilliant. The uh, H and M one uh, directed by Wes Anderson, which I think just came out a couple of days ago, is just epic. Um, I love that VW one you've just shown as well. The VW Cinema,
0: the boot. Uh, we just showed on the big screen an ad VW, one of the new VW ads and it's whereas their their cars aren't set up for blockbuster cinema yeah. so they're trying to hide from this alien and the boot keeps popping open it's a very funny ad and it's going to be in cinemas uh, I think next week mm. but if not just pretend I never heard anything <laughs> it's very good but um, um and also you guys uh, didn't Adam <coughs> and Eve DDP do the new Waitrose ad with the Robin?
1: yep they did the new Waitrose one I mean it's the Christmas me- or the meeting we had last week was just absolutely ridiculous it was sort of back-to-back back, just incredible absolutely incredible christmas adverts um but just i mean so just so i don't seem too self-obsessed i think the one <laughs> that's kind of stood out most recently is no oh, just in general anything by four creative i think they've got chris and john at the helm and they are being doing some absolutely brilliant work and the uh, new uh paralympics yes we can by dougal wilson is just yeah. i mean that's something else Sorry, yeah you take a sip of water
0: what are the biggest challenges you face?
1: There's a lot. <laughs> there is unfortunately a lot of challenges. I mean the the first one is obviously getting something that answers the brief that you also want to make. I think that's a really tricky thing and I think that's the a battle a lot of creatives struggle with and it does feel like a lot of people end up, you know, do just kind of lose and you know it means you get to go home a lot earlier you get to spend a lot of time with your, or time with your family or your playstation or whatever your priorities <laughs> are but it's very easy to answer the brief i think in a lot of cases you can just there are facts and there are figures and there are things you can say and do that will convince people the biggest challenge is making sure you don't you don't neglect that but you still have a film at the end that you want to show your mates and go like this is cool look what i made and that's I mean very often <laughs> something that helps sell something and that impresses your mates in the pub they're kind of on the opposite ends of the scale so trying to kind of wrestle those two together and they're in the middle make sure they, they meet in the middle is I think the toughest thing uh, Introducing yourself at parties that's difficult cause Do you know
0: what to Hi I'm Miles I made the John Lewis ad.
1: (laughs) I try not to. I kind of hope one of my friends brings it up. (laughs) But um, no, I mean, like if you're an art director, you get to say I'm an art director. If you're a creative director, you get to say creative director. If you say I'm a writer, people just kind of look at you like, oh, you're unemployed. Or if you say I write adverts, that just sounds like you're trying to make yourself sound like a writer, but you just kind of write, oh, we do two for one at the end. So I mean, that's, yeah. Copywriter just sounds bloody boring. No one wants to talk to a copywriter. So I think that's my biggest struggle. Not seeming like introducing a, yourself at parties. Yeah, I mean the accurate way of going is hi I am a creative for an advertising agency, and no one wants to talk to that guy at a party. You instantly think twat. <laughs> 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 Just move on. So I'm still any if you can get your I don't know how many listeners can possibly write in and any suggestions. Yeah,
0: um, send them to me and I'll forward them <laughs> to Miles or go to his website. I think he's got a yeah yeah email address is up section. there. Yeah, and we'll talk more broadly about cinema now. Mm. Um, do you get to the cinema much?
1: Not as much as I'd want to. And I think that's the real truth of it. I think every time you go to the cinema, it's always a, why the hell don't I do this more often? And every time you do, you're so, so glad you do. I think also, I mean, I kind of split films into, I've got to go to the cinema to see that. And the other side being, that's going to be great for a Sunday afternoon. And so I think there was a little lull a couple of years ago, maybe, in you know, the sort of the quality of films coming out, it felt like, Everything else was just classic films remade but badly. And something's changed in the last year. And, you know, just seeing all the films that you've uh, mentioned coming up in 2017, I'm going to have to start budgeting for the cinema. <laughs> There's going to be. I was just the most ridiculous set of trailers. But even things now like, you know, um, Lego Batman. So I'm nearly 30, and I really want to go and
0: see that in the cinema. Who doesn't want to see that? I, yeah, it's just brilliant. So much so, creativity in, in those films.
1: We were, we were chatting about this before the talk and i think my like my favorite thing in film and tv and just sort of creative generally is intelligent stupidity it's what made monty python so brilliant it's what makes pixar so brilliant it's the effect it's this ability to be incredibly silly but quite poignant with it at the same time and we were talking about inside out i mean that's that's a kid's film every day of the week but the depth of that film and the whole point it's trying to make about how emotions develop are oh, just unbelievable. So,
0: so you mentioned Lego Batman. What are you looking God. forward to next year?
1: Dunkirk, the opposite end of the scale.
0: Yeah, maybe not a double bill. Those two, maybe
1: not. Well, maybe um, Dunkirk first, then Lego Batman. Yeah. I think. But I've always had a weird fascination with World War Two. So, any like "Where Eagles Dare" is one of my favourite films of all time. And so, any film that kind of helps me sort of possibly comprehend or imagine what the hell was going, people went through. I'm always a huge fan of that. Uh, but I mean, just even that trailer kind of gets you on the edge of your seat, doesn't it? It's unbelievable.
0: It's, a, it's an incredible trailer. If you've not seen the Dunkirk trailer, um, Put it on, uh, well, well, it's online. It probably doesn't have quite the same impact online.
1: Yeah, and just have a cup of tea and some biscuits yeah. nearby for afterwards, It's cause bloody hell.
0: It's just a one-minute teaser. It's called an announcement trailer. I, I was told by Warner Brothers I can't call it a teaser. I've got to call it an announcement. Oh, really? But um, it's a one-minute trailer. And you know that film is going to take you places that you don't get taken very often in film. Well, exactly.
1: And kind of, if someone asked you, do you want to go there, you'd probably say no. But that's kind of what I think I, I like. it's important to watch it. Anything that helps expand your kind of your emotional spectrum just helps put everything else into
0: better perspective. That is a good place to <laughs> finish the podcast with that wisdom. Thank you for joining me, Mark: Absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. And I'll be back next month. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and you can rate us as well. The rating to use is five stars and um, I'll be back next month for a review of 2016. Thanks very much. Bye-bye.